You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Cult mom Lori Vallow, guilty. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. In the last hours, a jury hands down a verdict in the cult mom Lori Vallow case on trial for multiple counts, but most notably for conspiracy to murder her own children. It's been a long trial and a long time coming, but finally, a verdict. We, the jury, duly impaneled and sworn to try the above entitled action for our verdict, unanimously answer the questions submitted to us as follows. Question number one. In regards to count one of the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Ballow not guilty or guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception? Answer, guilty. Question number two, in regards to count two of the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Ballow not guilty or guilty of first-degree murder of Tylee Ryan? Answer, guilty. Question number three, in regards to count three of the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Ballow not guilty or guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder of Joshua Jackson Ballow and grand theft by deception? Answer, guilty. Question number four. In regards to count four, the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Ballow not guilty or guilty of first-degree murder of Joshua Jackson Ballow? Answer, guilty. Question number five. In regards to count five of the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Vallow not guilty or guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell? Answer, guilty. Question number six, in regards to count seven of the amended indictment, is Lori Noreen Vallow not guilty or guilty of grand death? Answer, guilty. Straight out to News.com News Director Nate Eaton. This jury deliberated less than... I would say about 
seven hours. They started yesterday around 2.15. They took a dinner break. They went home before seven. They were back this morning at nine. And we got word around 11.45 that a verdict was coming down. I have to tell you that a lot of people were out here waiting in the courtroom. I stepped outside the courtroom to go grab a bite to eat. I came back. I made my way into the courtroom and someone pulled me over and said, Nate, I think something's happening. One of the bailiffs walked out and went over to um, the clerk and whispered something. And then uh, she texted someone. And then about two or three minutes later, the trial court administrator walked in and said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a verdict in Lori Vallow's case, guilty on all counts. She has been found guilty for the murder of Tylee Ryan. She has been found guilty for the murder of J.J. Vallow. She's been found guilty for the conspiracy charges on Tylee and JJ and the grand theft charge. I gotta tell you the most uh, moving moment was leaving the courthouse, seeing all of the police officers lining the hallway, uh, giving each other hugs. This is a day they've been waiting for. After a long trial and gruesome testimony and evidence, what was her reaction? The same reaction she's kind of had the entire trial. She didn't show much emotion. She had, uh, she was standing, the judge asked her to stand between her attorneys, John Thomas and Jim Archibald and the jury walked in and uh, they handed over the envelope to the judge. He looked at what their verdict was. He then asked the clerk to read it. And it, again, it was guilty on all counts. What was the key evidence that put the nail in the coffin for cult mom Lori Vallow? First of all, to the shock of many, the defense rests without putting up a shred of evidence. Listen. Your Honor, after consultation with my client, we don't believe the state has proven its case, so the defense rests. Okay, you were just hearing uh, Lori Vallow's defense attorney speaking, Nate Eaton, the news director, EastIdahoNews.com. Nate, not even one witness, nothing? Not one witness. The big question was, was Lori going to take the stand? And uh, I'm told that Right after the prosecution rested, the, her attorneys asked for 15 minutes in the courtroom with just her so that they could make that final decision. They were leaving it up to Lori. Everybody cleared the courtroom. About 20 minutes later, we all went back in the courtroom. The judge turned it over to the defense, and that is when uh, the soundbite you just played, that's when her attorney said that. Lori has been leading this defense team the entire time, Nancy. She is an actively involved defendant. She is taking notes constantly or doodling on her notebook. She is chatting in their ears to the point that one day one of her attorneys had to shush her and say, listen, I need to listen to what the witness is saying. So this was her decision. And they had no other witnesses who could defend her. You know, truer words were never spoken. Only a fool hires himself as a lawyer. So, you know, that is fraught with error to be steering the defense team with me, high-profile lawyer joining us out of Idaho, that jurisdiction. Tara Malik is with us, co-owner Smith and Malik, former state and federal prosecutor. Tara, thank you for being with us. How often do you see the defense rest without putting up a shred of evidence? Well, it, it certainly happens, but what's unusual about um, this particular case is it seems to be going along with the theme of, of how the defense has acted kind of throughout uh, this trial. Given how serious it is, given the volume of evidence the state has put on, uh, I would have anticipated something, some witness uh, to be placed on the stand by the defense team, but to have nothing reflects kind of this backseat approach that the defense has been taking, I think, throughout the trial. Uh, you know, even the cross-examination, I didn't think, was particularly effective uh, when they were doing that from witness to witness. So um, an unusual step for this type of case, for sure. Nate Eaton, joining me, EastSideHoneNews.com. Nate, it seemed as if the defense sat back and basically mocked the state's evidence. Well, um, well here's the thing. As if it meant nothing. Here's the thing. They really could have gone after Chad Daybell in this case or Alex mm -hmm. Cox or Lori's dead brother. They did not it, because Lori would get upset if they threw her husband under the bus. There was one day where one of the attorneys really started to go into the fact that before Lori met Chad Daybell, she didn't have these religious beliefs. She was religious. She liked praying and whatnot. But 
all of these beliefs started to be introduced to her in 2018, which is when she met Chad. And they really started to go down this road and maybe kind of start to paint the story for the jury. And when the attorney sat down, Lori was not pleased. She did not want Chad Daybell being thrown under the bus. She did not want her brother, who likely did all of these physical acts, did it himself. She did not want them uh, looking like they did anything bad. And so that is why the defense they, I don't want to say they had their hands tied, but they, they didn't do much. These are experienced defense attorneys. One of her attorneys has done 27 or 28 murder cases. He's represented 10 or 11 people on death row. The other attorney helped exonerate a man who served 20 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. These guys you know, aren't fresh out of school. Uh, they know what they're doing, but when you have a client like Lori Vallow, uh, they weren't able to, to do it. Nancy, this is Michelle Joy. Can I uh, offer a comment on this? Sure. So one, Go ahead, Dr. One Joy. One thing that I thought was interesting, I believe at one point the she was found incompetent to stand trial, right, and received some mental health treatment. So, you know, from a forensic psychiatry perspective, we see that when, you know, someone's not able to necessarily understand the nature of their charges or assist with their own defense. Okay, that happens. She received treatment and was competent, but it, she's almost like leading the team. And you would think she would need a higher bar to do that. It's almost like a pro se defense in a way. And so the the idea that this woman that we're all seeing is kind of, you know, delusional at some level. Having we'll get into what this differential is, but that she was incompetent to stand trial, receive treatment, and is now somehow leading the defense team is even odder and more surprising to me. You're hearing Dr. Michelle Joy, forensic clinical academic psychiatrist and author of An Illustrated History of the Insanity Defense. Nate Eaton, uh, could you explain really the rationale behind the incompetency decision? It's not so much that she doesn't understand what's going on around her. She does understand really well she knew to lie to police about the whereabouts of her children after they were murdered, Nate Eaton. She knew to take off to Hawaii where you pursued her and found her and questioned her. She played the system from the get-go, played all of her relatives, her husband, her husbands, her children, her brother, law enforcement, uh, the Woodcocks. Everyone got played by Lori Vallow. The incompetency ruling, I believe, was because she truly believes that people can be zombies, zombies, light or dark, and that the only way you can cure them of their zombie-like state is to kill them. That is where the incompetence ruling uh, originated, not because she could not understand what her lawyers were telling her. Yeah, but exactly. Well, in Idaho, there's you just have to fit two rules. One, you have to understand your charges, and two, assist in your defense. Lori Vallow was clearly assisting in her defense to the detriment often of her attorneys, and she understood the charges. And you mentioned all of the, uh, you know, betrayal of all of those people. Well, we saw during court, they went through 150 thousand items on Lori, Lori's iCloud account. And there's a lot happening behind the scenes in text messages with Chad Daybell when both of their spouses are still alive. They clearly understood to change the life insurance policies. They clearly understood that when uh, she was not the $1 million beneficiary, how upset they were. But don't worry, she's still going to get the 6000 a month from Social Security. So they understood mm -hmm. that they needed to finance a way to live. Okay, just, just stop. Wait a minute. I'm just thinking about how Tylee and JJ were murdered, not to mention Tammy Daybell. And to, to this day, I believe Joseph Ryan. And I also believe that it's just not a coincidence that Alex Cox just killed over dead. And we've got two COD causes of death for him. That's total BS, technical legal term. I mean, Jessica Morgan is with me. Death investigator has literally uh, investigated over a thousand death cases. Uh, he's professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon and star of Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan uh, podcast. Joe Scott. How can one person have two CODs? Because that is what happened with Alex Cox. Yeah, isn't that something uh, that that he would? Uh, and, you know, I, I, I began to think about Alex 
in you know in the broader sense relative to his hand at things his hand on the wheel if you will or let me rephrase that Lori's hand on his shoulder directing him because i think that that's probably what had occurred um i, I don't uh, you know i i concur with the level of perception here i don't think alex was the sharpest tool in the shed either easily manipulated directed that sort of thing and what what really has come to mind for me after all these years that we've been covering this case is the star witness, uh, for me at least from a forensic standpoint, is J.J. It's almost like he was conjured up in the courtroom, that he breathed life into this case from from the grave in the sense that the most powerful thing for me was that blonde hair, Nancy. And I've, I've caught some flack relative to, you know, people saying, you know, all the things that they normally say relative to, well, you know, well, you, you would know what, Joe Scott, before you say another yeah. word, I know you're a renowned death investigator, uh-huh. but here's a little legal knowledge for you. Yeah. You're catching a lot of flack. Screw them and the horse they rode in on. Okay. <laughs> so just keep it, that it, in per- mind when you're catching flack. Go ahead. And reality. The reality is this, you know, everybody has wanted to tie has wanted to tie Lori Vallow to these deaths. And that big tie back for me was that hair, Nancy. It, it spoke volumes. And people have said, well, you'd expect to find... you got to explain to everybody that doesn't know about the long blonde hair that was found on, on JJ's body yeah. and tape around and, him. And here's, he was here, wrapped up like he was hermetically sealed like a mummy. Yeah, and, and you said a mouthful there because of this. It, it's one thing to wrap a body, Okay. But you're actually talking about with this tape and the plastic bags, that's a facilitator of death. That's a modality. So her hair was actually found in dwelling, the physical presence. Well, hold on. You know, when you just throw out terms like that, (laughs) when you say the tape, the taping of little JJ's body, seven year old JJ's, was a facilitator. Yes of the homicide yep. in other words the tape itself like in top mom casey anthony kelly with tape wrapped around her mouth and her nose that facilitated or aided the death yeah because we're talking about kind of very in non-specific terms remember the pathologist could not absolutely positively say with you know that this is a strangulation or this is a suffocation but what we do know is that their opinion is that this was an asphyxial death well how was the asphyxial death more than likely brought about well it was vis-a-vis this plastic bag and this tape and her hair is connected to it nancy it's not just like it was picked up off the floors you know they were trying to neatly as you said hermetically seal his little body no this is this is part of the facilitation of this act and that that to me is the most powerful thing here this tie back and i think that alex had something to do with it i i'll never forget i'll never forget nate talking about many months ago you know that last kind of image that everybody has in their mind where jj is up on alex's shoulder that's really the last time that we have any kind of physical evidence of in him in his life. PJs and socks. Yep. Exactly ones, what Nancy. he was wearing Same when one. his body yep. was found. Hey, Nate Eaton joining us, news director, EastIdahoNews.com, on the story from the very beginning, pursuing cult mom Lori Vallow all the way to Hawaii for answers. Nate, describe for those that are not familiar with every nuance of this case where the hair was found where Lori Vallow's hair was found specifically. So the hair was found on a piece of duct tape that was wrapped around the plastic that was wrapped around JJ's body. So it wasn't on his PJs, it wasn't on his actual body, but it was done after he was wrapped up and killed. And and this was the plastic. That's significant, very significant, Nate Eaton, because if her hair was on his PJs, uh, that could be, oh, well, it was on there from the washer dryer. It was on there because he hugged her. But being on the tape puts her there when his body is being taped up like a mummy. That's a whole nother scenario. Was it DNA match to her, Nate Eaton? It was. They said it was one in, I think, 75 octillion or something. Yes, that's correct. Population. 
that it was her. And they tested it against some, they tested against Tylee and Melanie Gibb, who was at the home the last time JJ was found, just to be sure it wasn't hers. And it came back, Lori. There, and, and Nancy, remember, there were some other um, DNA tests that came back, a thumbprint and a palm print, but those matched Alex Cox. So this was the one piece of Lori Vallow that was actually, you know, there at the scene, there on the dead body. And that that might be the, the one question the jury has. The conspiracy, I, I think, has been proven. We know that. The grand theft, yes, she was using her, her uh, kid's money. But did she actually commit the murders? That might be the one hang-up that the jury has of, well, we think her brother did it. How, how did she do it if there was no tie to her? And Poor Tylee, there's there's nothing left of Tylee to really test other than her bones, which they compared to tools to find out what was there and, you know, pieces of her liver and, and body parts. Um, and they weren't able to find any DNA on those. So Correct me if I'm wrong, Nate Eaton, but after the two children are killed, presumably missing, isn't cult mom Lori Vallow still talking about how much money she's going to make off of them from their Social Security? Sure, and then they immediately moved on to Tammy because she died a month later. And and that, that same... Guys... Let, let me tell you one more thing, Nancy. The same day, the same day that Tylee dies and is being buried on Chad Daybell's property, that is the date that Chad Daybell and Lori De- and Tammy Daybell signed a new life insurance policy that was the maximum amount allowed on the policy. Tammy Daybell went from the minimum of 10000 a year to the maximum at her job as Tylee Ryan is being buried on the property. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. For those of you just joining us, guilty. Cult mom Lori Vallow just found guilty by a jury of her peers after a long trial. Some of the most powerful evidence in the courtroom highlighted in closing arguments. Some of the most powerful evidence this jury has heard. Take a listen to Prosecutor Rob Wood questioning Dr. Garth Warren. Have you formed an expert opinion concerning the cause of death of J.J. Vallow? I have. What was that? I determined the cause of death to be asphyxia by a plastic bag over the head and duct tape covering the mouth. 
And then there's another segment that's other significant conditions. Um, I put bound with duct tape, bruising of the arms, and abrasion to the neck. But ultimately, the, the cause of death was asphyxia uh, by plastic bag over the head, the head and duct tape over the mouth. Joe Scott Morgan joining us, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University. Joe Scott, I actually had a case where the COD cause of death was asphyxia with one of those clear plastic laundry bags uh, from, from dry cleaning type bag that they put over uh, the clothing. One of those. And that is a brutal awful cause of death in that case that was my first murder case in the autopsy photo the victim mary had bits of the plastic up all in her nose and around her mouth where they had to pick it off at the medical examiner's office she was trying so hard to breathe and she would breathe in the plastic that's what happened to seven-year-old jj you're absolutely right. And just understand this is as there's an awareness on, on his part, there would have been even, even if they found anything in his system that kind of numbed him, like any kind of substance, just at a primal level, Nancy, he's beginning to rebreathe his own air. And any of us that have ever been closed in in kind of a, a, a tight space and the air gets very warm, that sort of thing, you're rebreathing carbon dioxide which obviously is incompatible with life and then all of a sudden you begin to get lightheaded your primal instinct ki kicks in and normally we would reach up to our head right just just envision this just for a moment if you will we would reach up to our head to try to free ourselves but guess what he couldn't you know why because his hands were bound so he's struggling all along. He can't free himself with his hands, can't do it of his own accord. And he's he's bound. He has this thing wrapped around his head and covering his mouth as well. This was, a, in the truest sense, this was a kill shot that they planned. They knew that this he this was inescapable, that there's no way he could recover from this. They were bound and determined. And the thing about it, Nancy, this in no way on any measurement, is this merciful death. This is as horrible as it can possibly get. Horrible. Horrible, horrible death. Horrible death. And to you, Nate Eaton, now before I go to Robin Dreek joining us, former FBI special agent behavior expert, Nate Eaton, I want you to set it up for Robin's answer, whatever it may be. As cult mom Lori Vallow is sitting in court and she's hearing what you just heard Joe Scott Morgan describe the death of J.J. and not only trying to breathe through the plastic bag, bruising on the arms where they held him while he died, held him back, held him down so he couldn't take that bag off his face, abrasions to the neck. She sat there in court. She heard that. What was her reaction? It was similar to... All the other reactions she's had, Nancy, she didn't show much emotion. She looked at the witness. He whispered to her attorney. She wrote in her notebook. That's been the consistent demeanor through the past six weeks. There are many days she's smiling. She's laughing. Uh, she's rolling her eyes. It is the behavior we've seen from Lori Ballow since the moment I saw her in Hawaii. Not much has changed. Joining me, Robin Drake, who I just mentioned, behavior expert, former FBI special agent, chief of FBI counterintelligence, behavioral analysis program, and the author of Sizing People Up, a veteran FBI agent's manual for behavior prediction. And you can find him at peopleformula.com. Robin Drake, it's a real honor to have you on with us. I wanted you to hear the background before I ask you what Colt Mom Lori Vallow's behavior in court means to you. Smiling, laughing, rolling her eyes, whispering back and forth to her lawyers. You know how, um, imagine a lady crossing her legs and kicking her foot back and forth, up and down. That's called Mom Lori Vallow. Can't do it too much because she's shackled. But what does her behavior in court tell you, Robin Drake? 
you know, first and foremost, without a doubt, you don't have to be a trained licensed clinician to understand what psychopathy looks like. Psychopaths have no empathy, no connection. And we we're talking about this before. I don't even think she has an internal voice because she's a pure predator that has no remorse for anything she does. And I will say, I, out of all the horrendous things we've seen and heard, I'm at least grateful that she led her own defense team because she's her own undoing. You know, when you said internal monologue, um, how psychopaths do not have an internal monologue. If you talk to yourself ever, don't worry. It, right. It's not you. My daughter asked me that, and I'm like, I don't know that I think and talk in my head when I'm going about my day. But then I realized that I do. So I compare it to something like a shark. The shark is not trolling through the water silently looking for its next victim and thinking, wow, I really feel bad about this, but I'm going to have to eat that school of fish. No, that's not happening. Or a snake doesn't think before it strikes. That's what we're talking about. The way I see it, Drake. Yep, a hundred percent. You know, we can see this in everything she's absolutely done, the way she handles herself in the courtroom, the way people around her just drop off and she does it for money. And it was, it's, gosh, it's so obvious. And when she, when the defense rested yesterday saying that they, they didn't prove their case, I was like, thank God, because it, it was so evident when she was taking so many notes. Like you said, she's taking in information in the moment, making decisions in the moment. I don't, and when they, served her her papers in Hawaii and we looked at that tape she, she looked like it wasn't even cognating with her because it, that would require an internal voice to, to actually think about what's going on and uh, she's incom- incompatible with her life. It's like she's flirtatious in the courtroom, Nate Eaton the rolling the eyes, the giggling the smiling, the tossing the hair the whispering to counsel She's, you know that it, it, it's almost as if Lori sees herself as on a completely different playing a completely different universe she probably believes she does and the world according to you know what i understand the world did not deserve to hear from her that was her thought but i will say the defense was was smart in a way that earlier on in the trial they were able to get in a podcast of lori uh one that she recorded about a year and a half ago with her friend well three years now um where you hear lori talk about how she has seen jesus and she has she is called to do all of these wonderful, mighty things for the world. And so the defense was able to get in a good 40 minutes of that podcast without any cross-examination because they didn't have to put Lori on the stand. They were able to get a few phone calls that showed Lori talking with her son Colby and her sister Summer. And you were able to see where Lori's head was at right after the bodies were found of her children. So the defense did have ways to get things in so the jury could hear that clearly this woman uh, is not thinking like the rest of us think. Uh, without having to put her on the stand and open her up to cross-examination, although I would have loved to hear her on the stand. Tara Malik joining us, high-profile lawyer out of that jurisdiction, Idaho. Tara, that was good thinking on the part of the defense. Uh, It's very difficult to get the voice of your client on the stand in front of the jury without forcing them on the stand and undergoing cross-examination. But they did that very very wisely, I believe, with those particular witnesses on the stand. Therefore, they're not really introducing anything because, you know, in a lot of jurisdictions, once the defense introduces any evidence, they lose final closing argument. But they introduced those um, or they used those phone conversations to show and demonstrate cult mom's bizarre beliefs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is hard. Um, you know, it's the defense can't put on through other people, generally the statements of the defendant. It's, it's hearsay and um, not allowed. And while the prosecution uh, can, you know, there are, are ways sometimes, like you saw in this case, where they can sneak uh, in it. And it really is, um, you have to be delicate about the way that you do it, but get in that evidence in another way. And they were. They put on some evidence of her voice, her religious beliefs, um, and they were able to get that in there. Now, the question is, you know, is that enough for these jurors? Um, is that going to satisfy them? And it's a circumstantial case, you know, and the state does have the burden. It's a high burden. And they had to lay brick by brick, you know, all this circumstantial evidence 
um, to convince this jury, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt that Lori was involved in these murders. And um, the the evidence here is compelling. And I think, you know, I, I personally think that it was a mistake for the defense not to put on any sort of defense. And, and I don't think, even if it's not Lori that they put on the stand, um, you know, it, it is a significant risk um, to have that much, you know, bravado and say, well, you know, the state just hasn't proved anything here at all and, and we're not putting anything on. And then, you know, make a motion for acquittal under Rule 29, which is basically they hasn't proved their burdens. Up right. And, you know, you decide it shouldn't even go as far as the jury. Guys, we heard testimony, the most powerful testimony about little JJ's death. What about Tylee? Listen. Dr. Warren, based on your autopsy of Tylee Ryan and based on your education, training, and experience, have you formed an expert opinion concerning the cause of death of Tylee Ryan? Yes. Uh, What is that cause of death? I determined the cause of death to be homicide by unspecified means. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Her body so mutilated, so dismembered, so mistreated, nothing left but a bucket of human tissue. No one could determine a COD cause of death on teen girl Tylee. Joe Scott Morgan, death investigator, what about it? Yeah, uh, the, the level of brutality is just amazing here. You, you can't, uh, because of so much destruction relative to the fire and also these attempts to dismember her or you know break her body apart which i think is actually probably what happened in this case um is it it goes beyond anything that most of us can imagine and if i could just interject this just for a second this is only my opinion you know there was a lot made i think of the tool marks that were kind of uh focus there in her midsection along the pelvic area they had mentioned the tailbone at one point in time nancy i think that there's a high probability they may have tried to um, incinerate her body in total, in whole, uh, without much effort to dismember her. I think that they got very frustrated. And as they were attempting to render her body down by fire, somebody went out there, maybe Alex Cox, and used a shovel, this pickaxe, or whatever it was to try to break her body apart in the fire. And that's what you're seeing out there. 
with these tool marks. It was, you know, and we'll never know. We'll never know, um, you know, how she actually came to her end. But she was treated completely different than J.J. Completely. His body was kind of memorialized and it was set apart. You know, Tylee, she's, she's placed in an area where they're, they're burying dead animals. And then they're so disrespectful to her remains. I, I think a lot can be read into that. But at the end of the day, they failed miserably to try to render her completely gone because many people that try to do this don't realize how much work has to go into this to tending a fire to try to render down a body. 1,800 degrees in a crematory, Nancy, and that's with a, a constant fuel supply of natural gas. They didn't have it out there. It makes me think of the case of... Um Teresa Halbach and Stephen Avery, who became a media darling uh, in making a murderer, many people thinking that he's innocent. He stood over a fire pit for nearly 24 hours through the night trying to burn the body of Teresa Halbach. That's how long it takes. Um, and the rendering, like you do in a slaughterhouse, to Tylee's body is just unspeakable and I wonder if based on the brutality of the way they dismembered her and treated her body how she was murdered and what brutality was used in that act and of course the jury became acquainted with a new character take a listen to our cut 414 this is Douglas Hart former FBI special agent line 2656 from Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow you are so adorable, beautiful, wonderful, heavenly, luscious, and angelic. So many divine attributes rolled into one dynamic, desirable package. I want you even more desperately than you want me. Line 2622 from Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow. Just grab me by the storm and I will follow you to the ends of the universe. Line 2608 from Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell. When might that be? Line 2607 from Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow. Wednesday evening and then repeatedly and gloriously until Friday. Oh, that's a lot of uh, poetic phraseology to describe jumping in the sack together. So you may wonder who is Storm? Take a listen to our cut 416A. Are you aware of what some of the phrase grab me by the storm and I will follow you to the ends of the earth meant. Objection calls for speculation. Thank you. Yes, I'm aware. Okay. What, what did that mean? The word storm is the name they had given to Chad Daybell's penis. Okay. And so this was an anticipation of getting together with um, each other for sexual purposes yes okay and at this time chad daybell was he still married to tammy yes how far from charles vallow's death was that this is seven days after charles vallow's death storm storm with the backdrop of the murders of seven-year-old jj and teen girl tiley i gotta hear that cult mom Lori Vallow gave a pet name to the prophet Chad Daybell's penis. Nate Eaton, did I hear somebody start coughing in the middle of that testimony? I did. Somebody was suppressing a laugh slash cough. You may have heard. Yeah, you, I was going to say you may have heard coughing, laughter. There was actually gasps from the people sitting behind me in the row because we went on to hear that uh, Storm was talked about more than once in the text messages, including the, the morning after Tammy Daybell died. And that's when Chad also sends a message to Lori saying, I need, he, you know, he called her many names. He called her Lily and Elena. He said, um, after Tammy Daybell died just hours later, everybody thinks I'm sad but they don't know the real reason I'm sad. It's because he missed her. And then he said, I need to, I look forward to getting on the Lily diet, strengthen my abs, get tanner, get thinner. It can't come soon enough. So clearly uh, as his spouse is dead and people are mourning her loss, 
he was not thinking about that. Okay. Where does Storm, his penis, enter into that uh, conversation? Well, <laughs> that's probably what he was thinking. Uh, probably all he was thinking about is what I meant to say, Nancy, that is uh, making sure that he and Lori could cook up a storm or something. Okay. W- wait, wait. You just told me something I didn't know, and I appreciate that, Nate Eden. I want to go to Robin Dreek, behavior expert, um, former FBI special agent, and author of Sizing People Up. Robin, so Tammy Daybell has only been dead, asphyxiated, I might add, for a few hours. And you have the prophet, Chad Daybell, talking about, I want to go get in the sun and get a tan and get thin. You know, I'm, I, I, I want to be with you. It can't come soon enough. Talking about his penis. Everybody thinks I'm upset over Tammy. That's not true. Okay. I don't guess I have to be an FBI special agent and behavior expert and behavior expert and behavioral analysis to figure that out. But I would like to hear your expert analysis. Well, yeah, you don't have to be an expert at this one. These are two individuals that have high, high demands and needs for grandiosity, and they're feeding into it for each other. You know, and with Chad. Hey, slow down, I, man. I, I got I want to hear every word. What did you say about grandiosity? Yeah, so both these individuals have a high, high need for grandiosity. And that's a sign of psychopathy. And they are feeding into it with each other. And the way they treat everyone else in their lives, especially their children, is we just went through the horrific part of it. And for those that think that and claim that she was such a good mother, think about this instead. She objectified people in her life as objects, like a, like a shiny piece of jewelry that made her look good until it no longer did. And then she discarded it. And same thing with both of these individuals. They're feeding into each other's needs for the sense of grandiosity, greatness, and they just keep feeding each other into it. And they exclude everyone else because everyone else to them is just merely an object in their lives to be discarded. The timing of these texts and these conversations between them is very, very important. I want you to take a listen to our cut, 418, our friends at Fox 10. Line 2374 from Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell. It was great. I feel free again. I love you more than ever and can't wait to be with you forever. Hart told the court that records showed Vallo and Daybell attended the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in Gilbert as early as November of 2018, several months before Vallo's fourth husband Charles was shot and killed and nearly a year before Daybell's wife Tammy died. And the timing and the money motive were two very critical components of the state's case. Take a listen to our cut 424. This is a former FBI special agent, Douglas Hart. Charles Vallow had changed the beneficiary of his life insurance from Lori Vallow to another individual. I included this because it was pertinent in terms of potential financial motives in this case. If you could, starting with the lines on page 17. Could you take a look at those and read those into the record? Yes. Line 2706 from Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell. I just got the letter from the insurance company saying that I am not the beneficiary. It is a spear through my heart. Who do you think he changed it to? They're talking about Lori Vallow no longer being the insurance beneficiary. Uh, Charles Vallow was afraid for his own life and had the beneficiary changed from her. Take a listen to 427. Line 2700 from Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow. Hmm. It will be interesting if it got changed after he had two bullets in his chest. Incredible. They're saying, whoa, maybe we can beat this life insurance policy change if we can prove after he had two bullets in his chest it was changed, but they were wrong. Ballot changed the life insurance before they murdered him. And last, during all of this, cult mom Lori Vallow was trying to think about her monthly income off of her dead children. Listen to 428, same witness. Line 2687 from Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell. So I talked to the insurance company. He changed it in March. So it was probably Ned before we got rid of him. 
They can't tell me to who, of course, but it's done. I'll still get the 4000 a month from SS. You know, Nate Eaton, money motive, it's so clear. And as far as Tammy Daybell goes, it's all about getting her life insurance policy. That's why he insisted it was a natural cause of death and the money that they would make off the two dead children. Yeah, in fact, there was one witness who said that they had even found research that Lori had done about life insurance policies on kids. There was no sign that Lori ever took out policies on that, but research was done on her iCloud account that showed that. And she was she was still receiving money from the kids because uh, she got money from JJ because his dad, Charles, was killed. So they got money for that. She got money from Tylee because Tylee's dad died, Joseph Ryan. And then she was receiving money because she was a single mom whose spouse had died. And they said that she would receive that money as long as she didn't get remarried. Oh, by the way, I, I know you'll be shocked to hear this, Nancy. When she married Chad Daybell, she did not let the Social Security office know that. So she continued to receive money. She was not sentenced today. That will happen in about two to three months. This is an extensive case. So Judge Boyce said uh, that he that there might need a little bit more time needed. So we're looking probably mid-August when that sentence will come. And um, she could face up to life in prison on several of the counts, on the conspiracy charges and the murder charges. She could go away for life. Justice delayed, but not denied. Cult mom Lori Vallow, guilty. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.